It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Thursday show for you. We'll get into a little bit of everything with the Yankees and Mets. A rare off day for both of them with the uh, the late start to the season, the compressed schedule. Boy, it ha- hasn't been more than two or three days outside the All Star break where uh, both teams have been off. Even the All Star break was abbreviated as the Yankees came back that Thursday a couple days after the All-Star game and just uh, kind of a weird day and there's not a lot even though the Yankees are playing we'll spend a few minutes on them here Giants are in action the New York football Giants so we got some local football Giants minus two and a half total 33 and a half as they take on the Patriots Patriots looking for some revenge from those Super Bowls uh, a decade plus now ago so um, if you missed the show yesterday I touched on it briefly look don't lay the two and a half, just go with the money line because a lot of these games land on one, land on two. These teams at the end of the game try to avoid overtime. So I don't have a play I love on this game. If it got to three, I would certainly take the Patriots. I just think points are so valuable when it comes to the preseason. Uh, and like I said, teams avoid overtime. If it's you know 17 to 10 and a team scores a touchdown to make it 17-16, they're just going to go for two. So either win by one, lose by one. You, know, you see lower scoring games and lower scoring games means these points are more valuable. So uh, I would lean towards the two and a half here just because, you know what, it's a preseason game. Who knows? Uh, it's a total toss-up. Might as well take the two and a half. Uh, again, if I'm playing it, I'm not playing it big. So 
that's one to uh, I, I should mention too, and I'm not big into this, but the, the number has gone towards the Giants here. The Giants were like one or two point underdogs, and they've been bet, bet, bet all the way up to two and a half. And it doesn't take that much to move these bets, especially in the preseason. The limits are very small. A lot of people say, you know what? Uh, you know, I hear people that bet, you know, two, five thousand dollars a game on the regular season and say, you know what? You go to a casino, any casino, uh, and they'll just look at you like, you know, you got three heads if you try to bet more than 500 bucks. So, uh, you know, bigger bets will move these markets. So maybe that line is indicative of some sharper money, some smarter money, some people that have some information that maybe the Giants are going to play their stars more than the Patriots. They're going to play their guys a little bit, the Giants are. The Patriots, we never know what they're doing. I mean, Belichick, even in the preseason, is not going to tell you what uh, he's doing. So be good to have football back. We'll, we'll watch the Giants, see, uh, you know, see what they've got cooking here. I would... The only thing that would keep me off the two and a half, and I mentioned this yesterday, Dayball being a new coach, a rookie coach, a lot of time these coaches try to come in and you know establish their identity, their culture. It's a losing organization now for a long time, and for five years now this team has just been awful. You don't want to come in and just start losing right away, so that would keep me off of it. Uh, just the fact that maybe the motivation here lies with the Giants again, though. If it got to three, I would probably take the Patriots. Wouldn't be a big play on any of them, but if you do like the Giants, just take the money line for all those things I mentioned. Uh, and again, we get Titans and Ravens tonight. Titans plus three and a half. That I would lean towards the Titans just because uh, the reason the Ravens are such big favorites, they've won 20 in a row in the postseason. But the thing is, they got their whole team hurt last year. You know, half the team was hurt before August. They had a million running backs hurt. I think Harbaugh is going to dial it back. You'll see reduced intensity. That three and a half actually looks pretty valuable here uh, with the Titans. So we got some football tonight, no baseball. And boy, if you're a Yankee fan, you need a break from baseball because... There's not a lot to say that's positive about them now, other than it's not October. Because if it were October, they'd be done. They'd lose the division series. I don't care who they're playing. Minnesota might beat them. That's how bad they're playing right now. They have been a bad team for a long time. And they've got some injuries. But this is what happens when you don't spend money aggressively. You can't afford injuries. You got Kiner Falefa in the lineup instead of Corey Seager. Stanton goes hurt, and, and Rizzo got hurt and came back. He was in the lineup yesterday, but the lack of depth, you know, you saw with the Mets, they spent money this offseason. Mets are a perfect example of what happens when you spend money. You get a guy like Scherzer. I mean, picture Scherzer on the Yankees, and they didn't just get Scherzer. They went out and got Marte and Canna and Escobar. Look, Escobar hasn't been great. Canna is a part-time player. Marte has been good. Scherzer has been unbelievable, but you just go out and, and you can kind of throw money at the problem in baseball because there's no salary cap, and those great Yankee teams, yeah, they had homegrown talent. They had Jeter. They had the starting pitching. But, man, they would come at you. They would throw a lot of money at their bench guys, whether it was Ruben Sierra, Cecil Fielder, Tim Raines, high-priced utility guys, high-priced talent up and down the roster. And Look, the Yankees went cheap, and cheap gets you beat. So the best thing you can say is, you know what, maybe they're getting cold at the right time. Six weeks from now, they get Severino back. They'll have Stanton back. You know, King's not coming back. But uh, Colin Cortez pitched great the last couple games. That's the one positive. The negative, you lost both of them somehow. It's just it's unbelievable. Uh the game on Wednesday where yesterday where Cortez, I mean, Cortez was brilliant. Game was scoreless until the bottom of the six. And that's one when we gave it out on the show, it was seven and a half at close seven. So if you got the seven, that was the wrong, it was a, the worst of the number. And you end up pushing as just a bad push. The seven and a half does cash. Told you the Mariners told you Mets score first. So I think we're five, six and oh, the last couple of days. The picks have been pretty good. So uh, look, there's just not a lot of positive to say. Kiner Falefa. I don't know what what's taking them so long. I don't know what they're doing. 
Call up Peraza. I mentioned the other day, Tony Womack was the Yankee second baseman 2005. He was the veteran. You know, Cano wasn't ready. You know what happened? They called up Cano, and Cano was great, and they went to the playoffs. So uh, I just think this team needs a spark. There's just a lot of flaws. The bullpen's an issue. Why Marinaccio's not on the team and Abreu is makes no sense. I know it's, you know, roster moves, things like that, options. Abreu, you can't trust in a big spot. Marinaccio's been really good. To me, that makes no sense. Uh, there's just a lot of flaws on this team. There's just a lot of flaws. There's not a lot of depth. And everything we saw that first, you know, three months of the season, we even sat here saying, you know what? I know they're amazing. I know the record's unbelievable, but I still can't believe they're this good because they're not. And they're really not. They're really not. I don't know how you would sit here. And look, I'm not counting them out. October's a whole new season. You put Cole on the mound for game one. You're home. You know what? You got a good chance to win the division round. Who knows who you play in the ALCS? Everyone assumes Houston. Maybe you don't even see Houston. Maybe you catch a break. Things can happen. Look at Atlanta this time last year. Nobody would have really thought Atlanta would be the world champion. So October is a whole new season. That being said, there's really not that much positive to say about the Yankees right now. There's really not. There's really not. I mean, they are a very flawed team, and you'd be it'd be hard to sit here and you know take truth serum and say, I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. I don't know what you'd be basing it on. Other than the fact that, you know what, they're, they're due. They haven't won one in 12 years. They're due for some good luck. They're due for the ball to bounce their way in the postseason. Maybe. Maybe. But it's just hard to see at this point. It really is. They're a flawed team. They played mediocre to below me, to below average baseball here for a month plus. It's really it's just tough to watch. You know, they just have no juice, no spark. It's been similar to last year where they just find ways to lose games. Even though they fall behind one nothing yesterday. They come back, they're up 2-1, Judge hits a homer, you feel good, you feel like you're going to you know, kind of steal the game, and then you give it right back. And you know, The game Tuesday night where it goes 13 innings and you don't score. The game yesterday, it's just been bad loss after bad loss. The bright side, they're going to win the division. Boy, if Toronto had just won a few more games here or there, this division could actually be getting tight with how badly the Yankees played, which I never thought I'd be saying, but still a comfortable margin in the division. Now look, you keep losing, and they get Boston this weekend. You keep losing every day. Eventually, the, the division's going to tighten. You can't afford to lose every day. You figure the Yankees show some life at some point. But what does that life look like? That life, to me, looks like Cole, Cortez pitching good games. Well, you got that, and you still lost, which is scary. You got Judge hitting a home run, and you still lost, which is scary. So not a lot positive to say other than they're in first place. And six, seven weeks from now, October will start, and everyone is 0-0. Zero and zero. And I actually think in a weird way, you know, when they, if, when they were on pace to win all those that, that crazy – uh, win total. Remember, they were on pace to win 121 games at one point, not that long ago. And just let's just say conservatively, hey, they're going to win 112 games, 108 games, something crazy. I was saying, you know, day after day, that puts a lot of pressure on them come the postseason. Well, the bright side here of this slump, there's not going to not going to be any pressure because, look, it's always pressure with the Yankees, but there's not that pressure of this is an all-time great team and everyone expects them to win. Nobody expects them to win. Everyone expects them to lose. Nobody expects them to win the whole thing. I mean, I, I don't think, unless you're the, you know, most optimistic Yankee fan, I don't know how anyone expects this team to do anything significant. So they at least have taken the pressure off them in a weird way. But again, issue at shortstop. Donald Sp Donaldson isn't giving him much at third base. Plays a nice third base. His bat has come to life a, a little bit these past few days. But he's an issue. The shortstop's an issue. Hicks has had a terrible year. Has no power. Uh, and it's just, it's not a great team. It's a good team. It's a team that, look, you get them in the playoffs, Judge, Stanton, Cole, uh, you get Holmes back on track. There's a path here where they get back to a World Series. Who knows? Maybe even win a World Series. Like I said, it's very hard to predict a short series in baseball two months out. So I try to avoid that. But you'd be blind not to see the issues right now. Yankees have a lot of issues. Yankees have a lot of issues.
there's still time to turn it around. There's still time to, you know what, make this a successful season and go to a World Series and win a World Series. It feels strange to say that now. It feels very difficult to envision that now. But everything they want is still in front of them. Uh, as poorly as they've played, uh, they get a Boston team this weekend that struggled. Those games are never easy, but Boston doesn't have a lot of pitching. So uh, at some point, the Yankees are going to have to start playing better baseball. I know I've referenced the 2000 season where they lost basically every day in September in 2000. Really had a terrible uh, finish to the season. That was the third year of the three-peat. So that was the uh, the third championship in a row in year 2000 where they beat the Mets in the Subway Series. So maybe there's some parallels there. Uh, again, that Yankee team was a lot better. They had a lot more pitching um, in 2000. But you know what? We'll see come October, but you got to be very concerned here. I think concerned is the right word. you got to be very concerned here if you're the Yankees uh, for, for lots of different reasons. The bullpen, their ability to manufacture a run. Uh, the manager, you know, how to handle the bullpen in big spots. That's the one thing about having these injuries in the bullpen. Now that puts a lot of pressure on Boone to kind of juggle the roster, juggle the bullpen arms the right way. And I don't trust him to do that. I don't know that most people trust him to do that. He hasn't shown himself, you know, to be um, a great tactician in terms of, uh, you know, how to use the bullpen, things like that. So, again, the Yankees, looking up the 2000 record, I think it was 9-17 and 17 down the stretch. I think it was 9-17. and 17. It was really bad. And they basically, I remember, you know, that team basically lost every day, it seemed like, um, you know, day after day. And we were, if we were doing the show back then, we would say, you know what, it's reason to panic. It's concerning. You would have trusted that team a little more just because they had World Series pedigree. So it's not a great comparison. But it does, it just, it does go to show you that, you know what, you can have these really bad slumps. And you know what, October, everyone's 0-0. Zero and, zero, and you go from there. So... Not sure what the right take is, honestly. I, I made that point in the past. I'm not sure what the, the point, the uh, the right take is. They're flawed and they can't win. You might be right. If you come out today and say, you know what, they're flawed, they're not going to win. More times than not, you're going to be right. More times than not, you're going to be to be right. They are very unlikely to win a World Series this year, just based on the odds. And I know they are, uh, as we pull up the Bet River odds, they're still one of the short shots, which, look, I wouldn't bet them. I, I think there's no value on them whatsoever. I don't trust them at that short of a price to do anything significant. I don't. I really don't. Plus 400. Dodgers a short shot at plus 30, 330. Astros plus 415. At some point, the Yankees are going to start to move down, maybe in the 5-1, to 6-1 to one range. Even then, you got to go through three series, three good teams. To me, 4-1 to one is just too short. Uh, and again, the World Series odds at Bet Rivers, Mets are 5-1. to one. Mets are just a machine right now. Mets are lights out. In past years, the Mets would struggle. They'd have a letdown against a team like the Reds. Mets, there's no letdowns. They just beat the hell out of everybody. The Mets are an outstanding baseball team. Uh, and it's hard to believe the Yankees and Mets have similar records because right now the Mets just seem like a juggernaut and the Yankees sort of seem like just a middling baseball team. So not good if you're the Yankees. Not good. Not a death sentence. Not something you can't overcome. It's not impossible that this team is holding up the trophy. You know, two and a half, three months from now, it's not impossible. But it just doesn't seem likely at this point. Uh, the Mets also off today. Uh, they get Philly this weekend. Those games are in New York. And my goodness, uh, the pitching matchups this weekend. You got Scherzer against, was it Ranger Suarez? Then it's DeGrom, Nola. And, I mean, th that's as good as it gets. It's really good. And then Wheeler, I believe, pitches Sunday against Bassett. So those are some good series. Should be a good weekend of pitching. Just fun to, to look at the schedule here, here if you're a Mets fan. and say, oh, we got Scherzer pitching today. Oh, we got DeGrom pitching the day after that. It's a nice luxury. It's a nice luxury, and with the way the Mets just have their this karma right now, uh, the Mets are, you figure, going to be very hard to beat 
you wait and see who they're going to play here in terms of the central winner and that wild card matchup. The Phillies have played really well too. A lot of it's against you know the Marlins and the Nationals, but the Phillies have played well. Nolan Wheeler at the top of the rotation is no picnic. Uh, still no Harper. You know, I don't know that it's not a great fundamental team. Their defense is an issue. Their bullpen's an issue. But they've played really well since they got rid of Girardi. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that series this weekend. Could be a potential first-round playoff matchup. But, boy, that would have a lot of juice if it's Mets-Phillies. That would be a, an intense five-gamer. I would pick the Mets to win. But, like, you know, a, any of these teams, Nolan Wheeler for the Phillies, Burns and Woodruff for Milwaukee, it's not going to be automatic. Even though the Mets are throwing DeGrom and Scherzer and they're going to have a home-field advantage, a nice home-field advantage, Nothing is automatic here uh, when you look at some of these pitching matchups, potential pitching matchups uh, in the division round. And, you know, look, uh, I think the Cardinals would probably be the softest one because Wainwright, you know, Mikolas, it doesn't scare you. That doesn't terrify you. I think the Cardinals by far is the best first-round matchup of all these for the Mets. But, you know, there's a, a potential where, you know, this, uh, this weekend matchup against the Phillies is a playoff preview. Again, you could get a team like the Brewers. I think the Cardinals is the ideal matchup uh, here for the Mets. But the Mets are just in great shape. They're going to win the division. They just have to avoid disaster against Atlanta, win a game here or there in the, in the seven head-to-head. I don't think those last three games against Atlanta towards the end of the season are going to mean anything in terms of the division. Uh, Mets are in great shape. Mets are a really good team. Mets are in great shape. And the Mets, unlike the Yankees, spent the money. And the Mets are a perfect example of what happens when you do spend the money. So that's the baseball Picks for tonight. I'll take the Patriots plus the two and a half. I don't feel great about it because, you know, Dayball, I think he's going to come come in here and want to win. I just think, you know, laying two and a half in a game like this, it would be a slight lean towards the Patriots plus the two and a half. I wouldn't go crazy. I actually do like the Titans plus three and a half. If you're looking for just one bet tonight, Titans plus three and a half is a strong bet. Patriots plus two and a half. It's more of a coin flip. I'll scratch that. I, I'm not going to just bet it just because um, I want to give you a pick, so. The only pick tonight I would recommend is the Titans plus the three and a half. Giants, Patriots, eh, you can have it. I kind of think, I think Dave will come in here and want to win. I don't like laying the two and a half, but I think he'll want to win again. If you like the Giants, take the money line. If you like the Patriots, take the points. I'm not going to force it, though. I do like the Titans plus three and a half. That's a, that's a stronger pick. So that's the baseball. When we come back, Kevin Durant, what's the latest? There are some asinine takes out there. I will go on a little bit of a rant about those. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. BetRivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, we'll get to the Durant stuff, but just quickly a couple things. As I'm recording this, Mac Jones, the Patriots starters, it was announced uh, they're not going to play tonight, not going to start. So not a shock there. Giants, you know, two and a half, taking a lot of money, uh, went from underdogs to favorites. So probably an indication that the Patriots weren't going to play their guys. So I uh, just want to pass that along. Maybe it's three by the time you listen to this. Also, Mets up to minus 1,100 to win the NL East. Which, look, they're in great shape. They're going to win it. Uh, they play the Braves starting Monday for four games. So just get a game or two there, and, and this thing is really over. Um, just don't get swept and let Atlanta back into it, and I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, but it's interesting. Braves plus 850. The Phillies are 75-1. to 1. The Phillies who won again last night 
win every night. The Phillies have the sixth best record in baseball and are in third place in 75 to one to win a division. Now I never uh, advise making a bet that's not going to win, but that just seems, you know, it just seems an off number based on the fact that the Braves are plus 850. The Phillies are 75 to one. The Phillies are only two games behind uh, Atlanta here in the loss column. So thought that was interesting. The Phillies will see the Mets this weekend. And uh, again, they just, man, that's a, that's a very sneaky sixth best record in baseball. You, I don't think without looking at the standings, most people would have thought that. So just wanted to get that in there. But Durant, the Nets, this drives me nuts. It, it really does because uh, Howard Beck, who does a podcast with Chris Mannix, who's been on our show, and he's really good. He had the same take I had listening to his show. He's like, you know what? Durant's 33. He's under contract for four years. He can scream. He can yell. He's just throwing a hissy fit to try to get himself traded by saying, oh, get rid of the GM, get rid of the coach. And who knows, even if they've got rid of the GM and the coach, if he – Still want to stay. Maybe this is just a way of, you know what, I'm trying to force the Nets' hand here. And Chris Mannix had a take that a lot of people are, are having that I totally disagree with, where it's, oh, he said the magic words. He said he doesn't like the coach. Now you have to trade him. And you don't even have to get that much back for him. You know, basically, uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, if you're the Celtics, now you have to give up even less. Nets have to do this. They have to do it quickly. Why? What, what, are, you, what are you ruining? What are you risking? As soon as you trade him, you're in a relevant franchise now, going forward for for the foreseeable future, it's going to be uh, not impossible, but very difficult to rebuild this thing. I mean, they already built it from the ground up once with the disastrous trade to Boston uh, with Garnett and Pierce. And they did a good job getting off the mat. They got to respectability. Then the summer of 2019, they signed Kyrie. They signed Durant. A year or so later, they trade for Harden. They have a super team. Now you're just going to blow the whole thing up. You have no picks going forward. You hold out for the best deal. You hold out for a ransom. If you get the ransom, all right. You know what? The uh, the offer they they sent to Minnesota reportedly for Towns, Edwards, and some picks. Obviously, Minnesota's not going to do it, but that's what I'm asking for. I, look, blow me away, or this guy could just stay on the team and, and play, or don't. But he, I'm not going to just give him away just because he's throwing a hissy fit. It's enough with this stuff in the NBA. I mean, it's ridiculous. It kills the sport. It really does. It really does. Every two minutes, these guys want to be on a different team. They want to play this night. They want. They don't want to play that night. It's just terrible for the league. It really is. Um, now, the betting aspect of this, the Nets, you know, got up to fifty to one, forty-five to one, just crazy numbers. They are now down to sixteen to one. The news on Monday about the meeting not going well hasn't moved that number. So sixteen to one. I told you, at much better prices to bet at sixteen to one. Eh. If I knew for sure he was staying, which this is hurt my confidence a little bit, but not totally. I do think the Nets have it in them to just embrace the awkward here and say, you know what, we'll wait you out. We don't have to do anything. And I think that's the right move. I think hopefully that's what they will do. Not just from my betting, you know, betting standpoint, but uh, the fact that it's just, it's annoying at this point with these superstars. But uh, the point here with the betting, 16 to 1 to win the title, eh, not crazy about that. But if you do think he's going to be traded, Bet Rivers has... Odds to make the playoffs, yes or no, for all of these teams. The Nets, the no is plus 280. Yes is minus 400. So, you know what? If you got the Nets at really good numbers to win the whole thing, 35 to 1, 40 to 1, now you could lose both bets if you bet no to make the playoffs, plus 280. So, so missing the playoffs is plus 280. They are favored to make the playoffs, and obviously a lot would depend on what they got back for Durant. But I don't know what you'd get back that would make you – a lock playoff team if you did trade them. Like, so I think the most likely package, the only one that makes even a, a tiny bit of sense is Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, 
some role players and some picks, which again, to me, I mean, Jalen Brown's a really good player. He's young. He's the best piece anyone seems to have offered, but he's only under contract for two years. And if you don't have any assurances, you're going to re-sign him. You can't do that deal. So that's one that makes sense. So if you put Jalen Brown on this team, is this team a playoff team? I mean, you're already, you're still be, it's tough. You don't know where you're going to get at Simmons, but just look around the East. The Sixers, the Heat, the Bucks, obviously the Celtics if they get Durant. You're definitely going to be in that playing mix. The Hawks got a lot better. Uh, then you have teams like Cleveland who you're probably you know on the same level with. Toronto's pretty good. So uh, if you do think he's going to be traded, or even if you know what, you got the Nets to win the title at better numbers, at really good numbers, 30 to 1, 40 to 1, things like that. At 16 to 1, I don't know if I'd hedge that. But just as like a hedge, again, you could lose both bets. They could not win the title and make the playoffs, and you lose both of them, which is not ideal, obviously. But if you have them at great numbers, maybe plus 280 to miss the playoffs is a good bet. And even if you have no bets, two, plus 280 just on the off chance that he does get traded, and I don't know that it's an off chance. I don't know that anybody knows what's going to happen. I still lean towards the Nets keeping him, waiting him out. But plus 280 to miss the playoffs is I think interesting because again, if you get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, it's an okay team. It's a playing team, but making the playoffs means not just the playing, but you have to win that playing and get to the main draw, which I think would be a coin flip. So plus two eighty would be good. Just thought that was interesting. But again, uh, enough with this stuff. There seems to be an obsession with the media. Like I hear people on all these shows. Well, got to trade him. Got to trade him soon. Better do it quickly. Why? Why? What incentive is there? As soon as he walks out the door, as soon as you hit send on that trade. You, you are a completely irrelevant franchise. You have no fan base. You have no team. You have no picks. And you're just going to give this guy away because he's in a bad mood. A year ago, he signed a five-year extension. A year ago, he signed a five-year extension. He had no problem taking your money. He had no problem with the organization a year ago. Hey, I'll take your $200 million. By the way, a year later, uh, I want out. Fire everybody or else. I mean, uh, enough. Somebody's got to put their foot down. And again, it works in other situations. Anthony Davis, some of these guys, a year left, maybe two years left on a contract. Hey, trade me now. Otherwise, in a year from now, I'm going to leave and you're not going to get anything for me. And then that's going to be a disaster for you, which, look, that's legitimate leverage. Those guys are young. Those guys can play the waiting game. Those guys have the leverage. This is totally different. He's 33. He's on a four-year deal. He's essentially under a lifetime contract. He has no leverage. You want to sit out? Fine, sit out. He's not going to sit out. He already missed a year due to injury. He he loves playing basketball. He's not going to do that. He's not that type of guy. I mean, he's definitely uh, you know, petulant, moody. There's lots of things you can say about him, but I can't see him saying, you know what, I'm not going to play. Or pulling the Harden where he's just basically going to walk on defense. I think, you know what, you just kind of look at him and say, hey, man, whatever you're upset about, sorry about that. But you know what, the season starts, uh, training camp starts in September. Uh, we'll see you there. You can complain during the games, before the games, after the games. But you know what, here's your uniform, here's your locker. You're on our team. You're not going anywhere. I'm not going to trade you here. You know. And here's the other thing. He wants these ridiculous deals. You know, I want to go to... The Heat, but I don't want you to give up Butler, Lowry, and Adebayo. You know, okay, well, what, what do you want? You, you want to be traded here, but you don't want these players involved. You, you want to, hey, trade me for Max Struess and a couple of first-rounders. That, that, that doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It's just, it, it's ridiculous at this point. Nets hopefully will take a stand. I think they will. I think they will. Again, I don't know for sure. I don't know that anybody knows for sure. I just can't believe this idea that, you know, the Nets have to just run up to, to take the first offer, get him off the team. It's an emergency to trade him. No, it's not. No, it's not. He says he doesn't like the coach. Okay. Get over it. People get over it. 
And it's funny, he handpicked the coach. He didn't want Atkinson. Atkinson did a great job, got him out of there. Bring in Nash. I mean, he handpicked everything. He basically chooses what color Gatorade they, they drink at practice. He picks everything, then he's unhappy. It, it's just, it's so hard to take. It really is. It's such a turnoff. It's so bad for the league. Uh, but I do think the betting aspect of it, again, 16 to 1, need longer odds. And if you listen to the show every day, I mean, we're telling you, hey, 35 to one's worth a shot, all the way down to 20 to 1. It was just steadily dropping as it became pretty obvious that it's just hard to satisfy all parties with a trade. It's hard to make Durant happy because if you're going to trade him for a bunch of players, well, that defeats the purpose uh, for Durant. Durant's not going to want to go to the Sacramento Kings. He's not going to want to go to the Wizards. You know, he's not going to want to go to the Knicks. Not that the Nets would trade him to the Knicks. He wants to go to a good team, but he doesn't want that good team to give up any of their players. Yeah, all right, we'll trade you to Celtics for Tatum. Well, no, I want to play with Tatum. Well, okay. I mean, it, it, it's just so ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So we'll keep an eye on it. I still think the Nets keep him. But that plus 280 to miss the playoffs is pretty interesting, especially if you got some of the better prices on them to win the whole thing. Because, again, if he plays, if they just go to camp, and here's the other thing, wherever you go, maybe if you go to Boston, you know what, you're in a better situation. But very few places where you get traded – for a reasonable trade package, are you going to have a better chance to win a championship than right now? They're, I don't know, top five contender. I know they were like the, the short shot to win the whole thing the whole year last year. And we were saying the whole time that made no sense. And they were overvalued. Now they're undervalued. I mean, they're, that's a damn good team. For all of Kyrie's issues, sounds like he'll be able to play the whole year. The vaccination stuff out of the way. Uh, their role players, Curry. That's a really good team. They, they're not, and they got O'Neal. They need to be a little bigger, better defensively. Um, they're not a perfect team, but it's not an era here where there's a great team. It's not the 2017 Warriors or some of those Heat LeBron teams. It's a bunch of really good teams, and it's a situation where the Nets could certainly make a conference finals or make a finals. They would be a short list title contender. They can add guys, um, you know, in the in terms of the winner in the trade deadline with the picks they got back for Harden. Uh, if they get something out of Simmons, it's a legitimate team. It's a legitimate title team. So keep an eye on it. Again, 16 to 1. I don't know that I would bet it at that. If you had them at good prices, plus two, you know, to win it at 40 to 1, sprinkling a little at plus 280 to miss the playoffs uh, is certainly intriguing. Again, go to betrivers.com, download the BetRivers app. They have over under wins for all of these teams. They have, let's see here, you know, the, the title odds are up. Of course, they built it into where the Celtics, you know, they think the Celtics are going to get them. And even if they don't, the Celtics are, uh, look, they were a couple games away from winning the whole thing. They're younger. I don't like them at that price. As before you know it, the NBA will be back. I mean, we're going to be busy here October with Yankees and Mets hopefully playing deep into October. I think the Mets will be. We'll see about the Yankees. Obviously, the football, and before you know it, uh, basketball, which basically has no offseason. I mean, they're uh, the problem with basketball. The offseason is more entertaining than the regular season sometimes. So it'll be back before you know it. It really will be. So we'll keep an eye on that. Still, still nothing with Mitchell and the Knicks. Those snags, th those talks have hit a bit of a snag, I guess. I thought that would get done and get done pretty quickly, but I think the Nets, the uh, the Knicks, probably looking at it the way we all look at it, the way you know we talked about it on the show, and that is, look, if I'm the Knicks, who am I competing against? You know, Ainge is asking for eight first-round picks and three or four of my best young players. Why am I doing that if I'm the Knicks? Uh, you know, who am I competing against? Who's even close to that offer? Why am I going to spend you know 30% more than anybody else is offering? Uh, I'm going to give you six picks. Is anyone else even offering three or four? So I know Mitchell's a good player, but uh, I think, and it's impressive by the Knicks. You know what? I think a lot of times 
in, in the past, Knicks would see a, the uh, the new shiny object and just say, hey, take all my picks, take all my young players. We got Donovan Mitchell. He's not that good. He's not that special. So he's a good player, but this idea you're going to just give up six or seven picks and write a blank check for him in terms of assets is not something that makes sense. So uh, the Knicks at Bet Rivers over under 39.5. And, and to make the playoffs... No is the favorite, minus 195. Yes is plus 146. Hmm. If they get Mitchell, and again, that's really the bet here because if they don't they don't get Mitchell, they're not a playoff team. If they do get Mitchell, I still don't know that they're a playoff team. So that number is probably about right. Even the 39 and a half. I think if they got Mitchell, I would go over the 39 and a half. But again, the East is pretty deep now for, with, with all the teams I just mentioned. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. Uh, Hawks got better. The Nets, if they keep Durant, uh, the Toronto, Atlanta. The East is not what it was. You know, the last 15, 20 years, the East was always the JV circuit. It was LeBron and basically nothing else. Now, maybe it's the fact that LeBron left the East, all these other teams, and say, you know what, now we have a, a legitimate chance. We're going to beef up and actually go for it because it's really kind of balanced now where the East and the West, the East might be better and deeper than the West which you haven't been able to say in the last you know, 15, 20 years. That hasn't been the case. So if they get Mitchell, I would go over the 39.5. The yes-no to make the playoffs, I'm indifferent on. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on uh, all the NBA hot stove. It's at least giving us some content here, the Mitchell stuff, the Durant stuff. Definitely interesting. You know, at, at some points, it's uh, it's more, more interesting than the regular season is the NBA hot stove. So we'll keep an eye on it. That'll do it. We'll be back next week. I will be recording from sunny Las Vegas. So uh, if I'm slurring my words, it, it has nothing to do with drinking alcohol. I, I'm not going to do this podcast under the influence. So, uh, But I will be in Vegas to record these. Look, we don't take any time off in this podcast. I'm, even on vacation, I'm going to be recording. So we'll see you next week. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.